Hello and welcome back to the Replatform Podcast. It's myself, James, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Paul Rogers. Uh, Mr. Rogers, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, not, not bad. Has it been another quiet week in the world of, uh, of replatforming and digital marketing? Unfortunately not, no. I've had a, yeah, a pretty busy start to the week. But uh, yeah, got in nice and early this morning and smashed through the to-do list a little bit, which is good. What about you? Are you busy at the moment? Uh, busy juggling school runs. My wife's broken a foot, so the morning is chaotic school run, rush back, do work. But it's good. It's good. Certainly wakes me up quickly anyway. Um, well, we've got, we've got uh, another cracking episode lined up today. So we're looking at personalization in the context of replatforming. And um, we're delighted to welcome on uh, Murat Soysal from uh, Segmentify, who's a co-founder. Um, so good morning, Murat. How are you doing? Good morning, sirs. I'm all right, Paul, James. Nice to be here. I'm quite well. How are you guys? Yeah, all good. The sun is shining. It's a good day. We've uh, we've got you on, and we're looking forward to it. So I'll just set up a bit of an intro for for the for the episode, and then we'll, we'll let you kind of tell people in your own words uh, what Segmentify is. But but yeah, so the the aim of this this podcast is personalization is such a hot topic in e-commerce. Um, some platforms have personalization capabilities built in. Most don't, and even the ones that are built in, often people find that they kind of exhaust the capabilities of them and then look to the market for a specialist third-party tool at some point. So it's a really important part of replatforming is to think about what element of personalization you want to do and therefore what tooling enables you to achieve that and that you can grow into it. So in that context, we thought it'd be really interesting to get you on to talk about Segmentify. I know that, that that's your specialization, I know that you focus around like personalized product recommendations and looking at the website, there's some interesting kind of stats thrown around such as personalization can boost e-commerce revenue by 20%, et cetera. So as the experts in this area, we thought we'd get you on to try and um, pull that apart and understand a bit better about what you do. So as a starter, what would be really useful is could you introduce in, you know, in your own words, what is Segmentify and what does it do? And also what's your role and what is your current focus for the uh, business? Ah, thank you very much for the intro and also inviting me. And I really think being part of replatforming as a personalization actually representative is important because uh, generally what we see, this step is considered after doing all the replatforming stuff by the e-commerce managers, which I do not think is the right way. So it should be also part of the plans when e-commerce companies are planning and executing the replatforming because personalization is also kind of an injection into the customer journey in every single step. So which should be actually thought, planned at the very previous stages of the replatforming. And having said that, yes, I am uh, one of the two co-founders of Segmentify, uh, which we focus on e-commerce companies, try to help them know their customer better, know their visitors better and in every single step of the journey of the customers even if they are not on the website even if they are on the assessment phase thinking phase or evaluation phase or during the actual purchasing phase we help them to convert more we help them to convert quicker actually we also help e-commerce companies to serve a better journey for every single unique visitor so in a granular level we do some, we apply some machine learning algorithms to learn about the customers and visitors, which we will talk uh, in the later phases, how we do it. 
and uh, by using the capabilities of machine learning, serve a better journey, which we see that 20% of uplifts can actually be realized very quickly and adaptively in the, in the actually personalization journey. So what I do basically now, uh, uh, I moved to UK two years before to actually manage the global expansion of Segmentify. And now I am actually the CEO of the company and mainly I'm focused on the, the business side. So ex expansion side, sales and actually marketing teams are actually under my uh, management, let's say. I am also uh, uh, still heavily involved in the product management team because I was the one who developed the initial phases of the machine learning algorithms when I was doing my PhD. Right, um, yeah, really good intro. Um, so I've always known Segmentify as like primarily for product recommendations. So why don't we start there? Um, how do you differ from some of the other product recommendation solutions on the market? Are there any kind of key selling points or differentiators um, for Segmentify? Oh, very hard question. Very hard question, Paul. Uh, good question, by the way, because personalization domain is quite competitive because the entry barrier, if you ask me, is getting low and low because the current level of personalization, which we see most of the domain applying is kind of some variants of the collaborative filtering, which was introduced to us by Amazon. Customers who check this item also see this item. Customers who bought this item also bought this item. You might be interested. When I tell these three headlines of the widgets, I'm sure all of our actually listeners, anybody who made a purchase from an e-commerce company already saw such a widget. This is how business uh, actually shaped by Amazon, which is still working, which is still good. And when Paul makes the introduction, actually, uh, James makes the introduction, he mentioned most of or some of the platforms already has some capabilities. So yes, this is the main capability, which is still working. So what we do different and what makes Segmentify unique from that perspective is the nature of the machine learning. Because when I was working on these algorithms, I had nothing to do with e-commerce. I was focused on actually identifying some kind of network security frauds. I developed algorithms to work with very few amount of data, which you see very few details when you try to identify network securities. And I managed to actually come up with a couple of algorithms which can make this identification in less than a second, which is around 200 milliseconds because you need to identify a fraud and stop it before host A actually gets host B under the control. So that is a little bit out of topic of e-commerce, but when my co-founder actually brought those algorithms and converted them to e-commerce domain, these two actually differentiation the amount of data available and the decision-making times are quite, quite, quite large in e-commerce domain. For example, for an existing customer, I know past purchases, I know the, the shoe size, for example, or I know the taste of uh, style, or I know the, the general amount of budgets they spend in my website, I know where do they live. I actually have a lot of information about an existing customer. Or for a first-time visitor, an anonymous actual visitor, I still know where they are coming, what kind of actually uh, platform they are visiting my website. 
I know the referral, which actual advertisement in my Facebook advertisements they actually clicked. And I still have some information that I am serving from my website, which product they are looking for, what is the price of that product. So my algorithms really love this uh, increase in the amount of data. And from the time perspective, uh, rather than 200 millisecond decisions, at least we have a couple of minutes for a first time visitor in a browsing session and existing customer wise, I mean, in e-commerce, we have days and days to make decisions or process that data. So you can imagine an algorithm which is limited to make decisions with small amount of data in a limited time, move to a domain in e-commerce with large amount of data and longer decision-making times. Actually, the real, real, real-time learning capability of Segmentify is the main differentiator, if you ask me, in this domain. Interesting on that. Uh, linked to that, I've got a question around uh, like business controls because obviously machine learning is hugely important. It enables people to, 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 to make decisions at scale, which just isn't feasible with, with a manual team. But businesses also want to have control. They don't want to just leave it to a, to a black box to make all the decisions. You know, they might want to overlay specific rules around certain campaigns and times of the year. So what level of control do you offer clients within the Segmentify tooling for applying business logic on top of the machine learning algorithms? I totally agree, James. First of all, we need to have full control as the e-commerce actually community. We need to have full control of the machine learning because first of all, the name says this is a personalization solution. So it cannot be same for every single e-commerce company. A and B, for example, for our storefront, uh, what Segmentify enables now is the full control on top of a the outcomes of the algorithms or selection of algorithms. So first, in a widget, our e-commerce managers can actually pick up recommendations from different algorithms. One product from new arrivals, one product from uh, totally personalized selections, one product from the, the actually our uh, premium level pr uh, uh, products we can put them into same widget. And on top of this, we have a customer who doesn't seem like a, a cheap brand. So they can easily with one click, uh, actually filter products less than 50 pounds in their homepage. Or a shoe retailer of our customers doesn't want to recommend products which doesn't have size nine available for men's shoes because 60% of men in the world wear size nine actually or a fast fashion retailer of our customers doesn't want to recommend products which doesn't have small size t-shirts from women category because again 70 percent of the fast fashion uh, t-shirts are from small sizes so they can filter out or actually take the advantage of products based on any feature of the product size color stock availability price any kind of label, they can label the products. For example, A, B, C, we don't need to know them, but maybe the label A is the high profit margin, label B is the medium profit margin, and label C is the low profit margin. They can actually filter out any label they put to their products by using our panel, again, couple of clicks, just select any widget and apply a filtering algorithm. So I am a strong believer of taking control of the machine learning algorithms.
That makes sense. Um, moving on to the kind of, I guess, part of the integration process. So one of the things you list on your website is free widget design. Um, how does your templating generally work? Like, would you, um, would you kind of build out the template and then it's just a case of adding the tags to the website? Or would a developer generally need to be involved within the styling as well? Um, and then how long would an average integration take? Like, would you taking on some of that design potential development work um, bring the time down? Uh, Paul, uh, starting from the last bit, actually, we have a, a five business days committed integration process. Uh, coming from the academia has advantages and disadvantages to this world. Uh, one is I'm a quick learner. After actually spending two years uh, rolling around the world for different e-commerce companies and tried to convince them to integrate our solution, what I realized, either e-commerce companies, IT department is always busy. So even if you ask them for a free trial, it will take three, four months for them to get them into their current pipeline. Or they are working with agencies. And even for the agencies, doing an integration is a hard job, which still might cost uh, some amount of money for the e-commerce company. So when we realized it, we stopped that point and made an architectural difference to the product. And also build up a team called the onboarding team. So what we offer to our customers, if you want to do the integration by yourself, yes, you can do it. Here is the documentation. And while developing the widgets, you can also involve in the coding part, CSS, HTML, or you can use our predefined templates, which you do not need to do any coding, but let us do the integration and widget design. So our team as a part of the service, not an extra cost, actually builds up all the widgets for our e-commerce companies. Because I mean, I have the best team to integrate segment five because their only job is to integrate segment five and build up widgets. So what do they do? They go to the website of the e-commerce company, use their own CSS and HTML styling with our US UX experts because those widgets should not be seen like injected to the website. They should have a seamless experience in every single part of the page. So in long story short, we help them to build up all the widgets uh, as a part of the actually service. Excellent. I mean, I guess that's that's useful for, for some teams who want to speed up time to market as well. Because um, often one of the challenges with deploying new technology is the speed at which you can do it. Uh, I know that you, you're wider than just um, product personalizations in, in your toolkit. I noticed you know, on the site you talk a lot about search and you have a personalized search service so what i'll be keen to to uh, to understand a bit more about is how does your personalized search work and what are the core capabilities like how far does it go in terms of tailoring the search results to individual shoppers versus tailor it based on the query being submitted oh uh, yeah uh, james i mean you know as an entrepreneur now segmented five is five year old Sometimes you, you, you get blind. I don't know why we didn't have search for the first three years, actually. But after some point, we realized search is a major bit of the conversion funnel in the e-commerce companies. Then we thought, okay, current available search technologies are actually quite capable in means of the synonyms, autocorrections, uh, recommended search keywords. They are actually working quite fine. What we did, 
we got the existing search technologies and combined it with our machine learning. So what we do now, James Paul Murat can visit a website and search for a black t-shirt actually. But all three of us most probably has different sizes, most different styles, and maybe the budget we are planning to spend on a black t-shirt might be different. So what Segmentify does, on top of the search results brought by black t-shirt search, we actually resort these outcomes of the search results based on our scoring algorithms. Again, taking into account the current visitor, their past purchases or past browsing behavior, and come up with a best set of search results actually, which means, yes, what we do is to personalize the search box, when you click into a search box, you see a pop-up actually. We personalize the products there. We personalize the recommended categories, recommended brands, recommended keyword sections of this search box, which still is in the part of that easy integration we can do part. Next step is actually what we call the search and dice, is actually tailoring, as you ask James, the search result page, resorting the products that will be shown in the search result page. At this stage, yes, we do it, but we do it with a deeper integration with the customer because in the initial phase, it can be done with a simple JavaScript integration. But if you want to tailor and provide a personalized search result page, now you need to have a better and deeper integration, which I call as a server-side integration with us, between the e-commerce company, so we can serve better results because at that page, you need to have that filtering options every capability that is provided by e-commerce company in the category pages or search result pages should be now provided by Segmentify. Yes, we do it, but uh, the, the answer to the previous question, yes, we have the five business days easy integration process will not work for going actually personalizing all the search result page part. Um, so I have a question. Uh, yeah. So you talk about kind of personalizing the results and you talked a bit about searchizing. So, um, yeah, obviously, so if you're personalizing uh, the search results, it sounds like you need a deeper integration. But what about kind of, yeah, just reordering the product? So in terms of like rule based uh, merchandising, um, things like just generally kind of boosting product visibility at like a global level. Um, yeah, how, how do things like, or even kind of boosting products at a keyword level as well, like how, what do the capabilities look like um, in that sense? Yeah, it's kind of merchandising now. There are lots of uh, shiny words on this. Yes, we do it as well, uh, Paul. So we call it an, an FX actually. So not too much personalizing at this part because e-commerce managers or category managers want to decide what they want to actually highlight in the listing pages, but that should be based on, again, uh, some kind of calculations, which we get, we sit with them, bring our know-how, but mainly it's the knowledge base is coming from the customer side, which we call, again, the FX, the function X. So they, as you said, want to highlight some products based on the visibilities, their profit margins, uh, arrival dates, maybe number of stocks actually waiting in the warehouse. So we get all these numbers in real time and serve the, the actual filtering page or the search result page uh, with these actually real time calculations to them. And obviously the machine learning part of the personalized search is really important. Are the algorithms the same as the ones for, for like general product recommendation slots around the site or 
do you have um, different algorithms working and using different logic or, or even can customers choose what algorithms they use to power the search? Search-wise, current version, they're all same, James. Uh, yeah. But what we are working on as the next step is having uh, more NLP capabilities. Currently, we are not providing that NLP capabilities. For example, uh, my actually anniversary, wedding anniversary is coming. So I want to buy some, some gift for my wife. So if you ask for a, a verbal sentence, uh, 50 pounds over uh, gifts for a wedding anniversary, currently yeah. we are not actually processing that data. Okay. So yeah, that, that, that we are working on and they will have separate different algorithms. Okay, understood. And in terms, so breaking that apart, because yeah, I mean, a complex NLP is, is way harder to, to pass and understand. But in terms of, I guess, core attribute level. So if somebody searched for a moment said t-shirts under 20 pounds, mm -hmm. do the algorithms understand that because 20 pound is a price attribute or, or what, what so level? For, for such easy ones, yes, we do it. Yeah. It's, we are using a kind of a mapping algorithm at the back end, but it's basic, very basic from that perspective. Okay, cool. And I know that you've got um, uh, search predictions overlay, you know, when you start typing it, it mm. uh, reveals an overlay and gives you suggestions and results. How flexible is the design? Is it is it a one size fits all design where customers take that design and then you put the content in or can the customers choose different designs or even customize the, the how that looks on the site? It's totally customizable. So it's kind of, again, going into the HTML, CSS, and also controlling the, the machine learning part. So they can uh, jump on top of the results from machine learning. And I want to highlight these search keywords, or I want to actually pin these brands in my search result page. So they can totally customize it either by using the panel or again, the team can help them. Okay. And, and how far does customization go? So can you add add information in that isn't within the standard overlay? Say, for example, the standard overlay is search suggestions plus match products. Can you hard, hard code or add things in, such as if you want persistent links like customer service links? Can you do that as well? Yes, yes, definitely, which we did already, and which is honestly working very well. Uh, I, I just remembered uh, one of uh, COVID-19 applications on this. Uh, really, it's a good example. Some of the customers put their customer service number uh, hard-coded into the search result page in different parts with different designs. Some put it with, with banners or a good example for this. One of our customers, when all the 180 actually offline stores just shut down, put their uh, sales assistant as real-time uh, actually uh, service uh, assistants on the website. What I mean, they are electronics retailers. So, you know, you train some of your sales assistants in the store to be experts on TVs or somebody will be experts on the mobile phones. But, uh, so when a visitor on the website is actually clicked on the search bar in the mobile phones category or in a product in the mobile phones category, they now launch in uh, there as a banner. Uh, we can have a real time chat with you if you need any help. We put such a banner to their search box. And when the visitor clicks to that banner, actually they would be talking to an expert sales assistant who used to work in an offline store as the, the responsible for the mobile phones category, actually. So which can get where they can get the right answers very quickly for their questions.
that makes sense. Um, so my next question. So I saw that you offer push notifications in mm. the service. Um, and this is something that I find really interesting, but I've not done much with. Um, so how, how does this work with Segmentify and what level of control do users have around targeting, etc.? Okay. I hope I'm not actually taking this too long, but I love to actually answer your questions with some stories from our customer sites or what I actually experienced during the last five years. Uh, for this push notifications, I have a story as well. Uh, when I moved to UK first two years before, we used to use push notifications heavily in France, in Dubai, in Turkey, but not in Germany. So these are our offices actually. And when I came to UK and uh, uh, trained my team here, talked to retailers here with push notifications, two years before, most of them were kind of like you, uh, Paul, mm, okay, it might work, but we know push notifications more for content websites, for news websites. We are not sure if they will work or not. I tried to actually convince them uh, around 2.5% of uplift is happening just with push notifications because if you send only about push notifications okay there might be some kind of trigger or or actually uh, the, the customer journey might be actually broken so customers might not be happy with this behavior but if you can use push notifications as a channel which is supported by machine learning in this case what we do, for example, abandoned push notifications. Everybody sends abandoned cart emails. Yes, but in total, our email customer base is so small compared to our whole visitor base. So what about the visitors who are not our customers, which we cannot send abandoned cart emails? So let's use push notifications, get their permission and send abandoned cart push notifications. And also let's send abandoned cart push notifications as a sequence first, Two hours later, send the abandoned product. Two days later, send an alternative of abandoned product. Maybe next week, send a 5% discount or five pounds of discount coupon to the same user with actually knowing them that they, they didn't buy this product or an alternative from my website. So just follow it. Or last example is a price discount. Paul was on my website, sold this nice laptop with 900 pounds pricing. Now we have a nice discount of 80 pounds, so it's 820. So just send a push notification, not to everybody, but just to Paul. Hey Paul, the laptop you checked has now 80 pounds of discount, come and buy it. So actually this kind of automatization and personalization on top of the push channel is working quite smoothly and generating very nice amounts of revenues for our customers. Um, so that makes sense. And then what about email? So what types of, and that's another thing that you list as kind of a core server. So what types of emails are you sending? And is this a big area for kind of your customers? Do many people use kind of this functionality within Segmentify? Do a lot of people use their ESP? And is it something you're looking to grow? Mm -hmm. Actually, it's good to answer these two questions back to back because uh, we are not an ESP. We are getting integrated with the ESPs of our customers, which currently we have uh, seamless integration with MailChimp, DotDigital, Klaviyo, uh, and a couple of are, are on the way coming. Uh, and these are mainly requests from our customers actually. So what we do, we apply those same auto flow machine learning algorithms like I mentioned in push notification, 
price drops, back-in stocks, new arrivals, abandoned cards, we actually trigger the emails in the ESP side. And we provide the ESP in their template, which products should be sent to every single visitor. You are sending a newsletter every Tuesday to your 10,000 target list of actually newsletter. Should you send same eight products to every single 10,000 visitor or, or user of yours, or should you personalize all those eight products in every single 10,000 email? This is what Segmentify helps ESPs to boost the conversion rates from emails. And we are only focusing on the content, the products or the campaigns to be sent for every single visitor. Uh, the other part that, that was interesting to me on the services you provide is around the reporting and analytics, because mm -hmm. quite rightly you point out on the website, the, it's essential to be able to measure and track the impact of all of this. So how, how important is and how big a focus is uh, you know, enhancing the analytics for you versus do you just try and integrate with people's existing web analytics tools to ensure that the data is within those for people to do the reporting analysis from? is one of the features which we had ups and downs, honestly speaking, because uh, for the early phases of Segmentify, our pure analytics module is still quite unique, actually. None of our competitors in this region has that capability because what I wanted to do is to visualize the intelligence that our algorithms are gathering about the products and the visitors of e-commerce company to the e-commerce managers. What I mean, uh, now we are reporting our e-commerce companies, which products get the most views from their paid channels and not converting enough. So we show them for every single product, you got 100 clicks yesterday from your paid channels to this product, only two at two baskets happened and no purchases happened for this product from that channel. So it's kind of, because we use this information when we do our recommendations, James. I mean, I take this bad performance of product into account not to recommend that product, for example, because it has a lot of views, not converting, or some products which are out of stock, but still available on the website to view. So they are getting a lot of views from the visitors of the e-commerce company. So actually this is a very nice insight for the e-commerce manager. If it is an only channel, if you can make it available again from one of the stores or, or if you can actually get it from the warehouse, make it available because 1000 views it cut yesterday from your visitors, although it is still out of stock. Another one, as we discussed, uh, abandoned cart emails. Even the dummiest ESP or application is now sending abandoned cart emails. When I uh, used to, again, travel into Europe and talk to e-commerce managers, I was asking, which products stop abandoned in the cart for you? So are you checking this continuously? Because this is an important metric. A lot of visitors visited our website, found that product, added to basket, and didn't buy it. There should be a reason here. I mean, when we discussed machine learning or personalization, now in this level of competition in the e-commerce, we need to take more intelligent actual decisions and deep dive into data and understand why 
why people are not buying this product. Maybe our competitor is having a slight price difference on this product and they are going there. Or maybe at the last stage of buying activity, people are not convinced with the image of that product or the description of that product. I don't know why, but I am a segment by guiding e-commerce managers to check the reasons of this behavior. Look, these products are top abundant in the cart. So we have around 20 insights like this uh, based on our discussions with the e-commerce companies. And then we enabled them to see that data from our platform. So our analytics capability mainly based on representing the intelligence we had. But to answer the rest of your question, yes, uh, they can already see the performance of Segmentify from uh, most commonly used analytics platforms like Google Analytics. And one one of the big one of the big criticisms that often comes to like personalization engines is the inability to to truly validate uh, the impact or to test different strategies to to know which like, algorithm or business rule might have the greatest impact. So how do you how does Segmentify work in terms of if people want to test different rules within the same say product recommendation slot on a homepage or category page? Do you enable testing within Segmentify or do you need to work with third party testing platforms like an Optimizely in order to run those tests? I totally agree. This is one of the biggest discussions. We do it, uh, but now we do it in the back end with our team. What we do, we enable two campaigns for the same widget to be filled. Maybe I should recommend four or five products. I should put a, 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 a to quick buy button or not, or I should bring products from the same category or overall website. So there are kind of different AB requirements from the customer side or which algorithm is working here on the homepage or not. Should I put last visited products or not? There are a lot of questions from the customer side. Currently, we are doing it on the back end in reporting in the uh, front end. So we need to actually be involved in this process. Uh, with the next release, if I am not wrong, in, in six weeks from today, that will be also possible to be done in the front end by using our panel by the e-commerce managers as well, because we got a lot of requests on this. I totally agree. This is one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it is the, the ability to test and validate is essential to So it's useful to know that there is testing capabilities within the platform. Um, and then linked to platforms, what existing e-commerce platforms to segmentify work with and have existing plugins modules integrations for and then linked to that is what does the integration look like so do you have like plugins for platforms like magento where it's literally turn it on and it works or is it a piece of work to, to uh, customize it based on each customer uh, for those well-known platforms namely let me name uh, big commerce shopware shopware and magento we have plugins uh, but we are not, I mean, we can work with any uh, customized or any actually uh, e-commerce website by adding our one line of code of JavaScript, then that five business days integration on us. So we use that power as well uh, from that perspective. But for, for, for uh, platforms, we have the existing native integration with the plugins. And what does that native integration give you? So what, what if an e-commerce team took the plugin, because mm. the question that always comes to, from e-commerce teams is, okay, great, there's a plugin, but how much configuration work 
do I need to do through developers versus how much is configuration in an admin tool where I can just go in and set up my rules. So typically do development teams need to do additional development work within the plugin or is it a question of set the plugin up and then the business need to then go into the back end and apply all of their business rules? It's, it depends on the platform because, for example, now we are heavily using the existing XML product feeds of the customers. For example, uh, uh, one customer is selling to various multiple countries and they are applying different kind of text rules for different countries. So when they enable the plugin, uh, if it is one language, one actually currency, one country, that is fine. It works smoothly. But if it, it has multiple countries, multiple currencies, multiple tax rates in different countries should be applied because this affects how we represent the products with the pricing information in the basket page or in the product page. So some platforms are quite smooth on this. Let us to get this data from their XML feed so we don't need to do anything. Enabling that plugin helps us to read that data and use it for different regions of the world. That is very well done. Uh, for some, that information doesn't exist. So even they enable the plugin, we can go live with the main country and main currency and the main language, but the four other languages, we need to go do that mapping uh, one time at the beginning of the integration. Uh, this is important. That is why I'm giving the details because the scope of this podcast is about replatforming. So when you are making the decision to which platform you should actually replatform yourself, these are also important steps because if you ask me, we are still in the initial phases of personalization. So next phases will come based on the capabilities of the platform itself. That makes sense. Um, and that kind of leads on nicely to my next question. So I guess, uh, what, what's in the roadmap for Segmentify at the moment? Like, I mean, in terms of new features, building out existing features, the integrations that you were just talking about, like what are you planning on working on over the next kind of 12 months? Yes, so in general, we have two new versions of Segmentify every month. And now we have a very, very heavy uh, 12 months actually roadmap to name some, which I already named one of them, bringing the AB capability to our panel, uh, to front end is the main thing we are working on. Until the end of year, we will enable our customers to use our segmentation capability for their own purposes. What I mean, they will be able to actually put some queries to our uh, machine learning to get some target lists for their own purposes, own use. So customers who visited my website during the last four months, less than 10 times, who added products twice, uh, which the average order value of these products are more than 100 pounds, they will be able to download the list of their customers, either send a bulk push or bulk email for their own purposes or still use in Segmentify for this actually campaign management side. So we are going a little bit more to the segmentation part as well because now we do the segmentation for our own purposes to make the recommendations. We will let the e-commerce managers to have the full capability on the uh, segmentation as well. Uh, NLP is a very hot topic. So next phase of the search, getting the, the, the NLP analysis on the search queries is another hot topic for Segmentify. One last question actually, just whilst listening just sprung to my mind is, is one of the, having worked with lots of different businesses and I'm sure 
Paul's probably come up against, and I've, you probably come up against these objections when, when trying to pitch is people will say, yeah, I kind of, I get the idea of personalization, but I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not convinced that it will definitely work for me. And people get reticent about signing up for like a 12 month contract or committing to implementation. So do you work, do you enable people to take Segmentify on a, on a trial basis where they can then test it and validate it before they commit to like a full license? How does it work from a, a trying to onboard people who aren't, aren't just ready to plunge into a, a license? Another good question, which is one of the um, unique values of Segmentify. We are working on now 30 days rolling contracts. And what we promise and commit to our customers, chasing the revenue increase or following the performance of Segmentify should be not the customer side, but in Segmentify side. So what we do, we uh, assign one success manager to every single customer who knows the domain of shoe retail or jewelries or lingerie. And they will be actually in charge of following that 20% segmentified revenue contribution in a daily basis. And if there is some drop, which happens, for example, we are a front-end personalization solution, there are some kind of change in the front-end which might affect segmentify. Or as I said, uh, we are using XMS, maybe the XMS structure of the customer is changed or maybe customer made a, a launch of new category, which changed the acquisition of their customer style. So there should be another segmentation work to be done on the website. So these might all affect the added value brought from the personalization solution. So I don't want my customers to also look for the personalization site when they run their business because they engage with us three to six months. Then they forget about us because they have other things to do. They need to focus on their UX, they need to focus on running the, the platform, everything. So what we do is to rechase the contribution of Segmentify internally, how we cut our bonuses on top of this in the team. That is why actually customers has advocates. This makes us confident to say our customers, yes, let's have a 14 days of free trial. We will do the integration, you will pay nothing and you will see that 20% during that 14 days. And if you work with us, you don't need to commit because we commit ourselves to this. We are living with this revenue contribution to you guys. So let us do our job. If you're not happy, every single month you will get an invoice. I want them to feel like, okay, these guys in Segmentify really deserve this money because they helped me generate much more than this money. I think that's good because oftentimes uh, e-commerce managers want to invest in a tool, but they can't get the buy-in and therefore being able to do it on a low risk basis gives them the time to, to prove the business case to then secure the long-term investment. I agree. That is why actually in, in your question set as well, uh, what I said, if you just do a quick rollback, uh, what is the unique value of Segmentify differentiating uh, point? We believe in our machine learning, which will bring the most available revenue in personalization domain. How we manage the process, we do the integration for our customers because they are so busy. They don't have time to do, manage it. And how we charge them, we do it 30 days rolling contract because again, we believe in our good things. We are in full control of the actual process. So we have them enough revenue. If we deliver this, we believe they will stick to us. Yeah, 
agreed. Uh, you know, let let the results do the talking rather than locking people into a contract that might make them lose focus on on the value of the tool. Because um, often, if you force people into something they're not happy with, then uh, it changes the perspective a lot. Yeah, I mean, it is tough actually to manage this. A to manage this to my investors. Oh, why you are yes. not getting uh, twelve months actually commitments? B it is tough to manage my team's encouragement as well. One e-commerce manager who used to work with a competitor comes to one of our customers as e-commerce manager. Next month, they say, okay, we will not work with you anymore because our new e-commerce managers loves the other solution. Okay, yeah. so I cannot keep you. That is, that is the part. But I really want to disrupt this way of doing business. If they want to work with a competitor, please do so. It's, it's not the right business decision maybe, but as I said, we are yet starting to personalize our journeys. I really want to give a personalized personalization solution to our customers. Yeah. So look, there you go. You've got your marketing slogan for 2020. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Murat, that, that, that's been really interesting to listen to you explain what, what Segmentify is and where it fits in the market and how some of the capabilities work. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. I, I, I follow the podcast. I really like the discussions you guys are doing. And it's a good opportunity for me to tell the story. And also during these hard times, it's really nice to chat with like-minded, actually, uh, people from the same domain. It's, uh, it, it's good to be here. Thank you very much for, for the invitation. Oh, you're welcome. And um, so if, if, people, if people have got more detailed questions off the back of this, they want to probe more about how does it do this? You know, I've, I've got a specific use case. I would like you to talk me through how Segmentify would solve it. Um, how do they reach out? Who do they reach out to? Uh, segmentify.com is the main contact point. We have a contact form there and I am pretty, pretty active in LinkedIn. I would love to discuss the details. So if, if they need my team, yes. But if they want to talk to me about those machine learning, the idea, how this is work, I'll be happy to chat so it's, they can add me to the LinkedIn and I will be happy okay. to, to discuss. Perfect. So uh, you, everyone, if you want to find them, I'll go to segmentify.com or um, connect with Murat on LinkedIn. Uh, on the post that we've got on our replatform.fm website, we'll have a link to, to Murat's LinkedIn as well. Um, so excellent. Well, we'll leave you in peace to enjoy the rest of your day, Murat. Take care. Thank you very much, James. Thank you very much, Paul. And good luck with the rest of the podcast and have a lovely week.